Consequence Podcast Network. Bora hey, iconic army. Bora hey. My first experience with Indigo was watching Wildflower, the music video, mm-hmm. right when it came out on YouTube. And let me tell you that I felt the tears coming like before the first verse was even over. Yeah. And I like really do not like to cry, but I was like, you know what? If I'm just going to happen, just let it happen. Just let, let it, it wash happen. over me. Yeah. Ooh, before the second chorus happened, I was sobbing. Mm -hmm. I was crying uncontrollably for like the entire duration of that song. Like heartbreaking, masterful, incredible. I was just blown away. First listen through, yes, super heartbreaking, but like it's just this like overwhelming power of emotion Mm -hmm. in that song. So I totally understand like how you were so moved. Like I was really moved with it. I wasn't drawn to tears first time listening through but like you you went straight to the music video which normally yeah. I do but I think I was anticipating this album so much that like I was over on Spotify like I was refreshing <laughs> my Spotify like crazy the second that like the album dropped because I'm like I want to get straight into first song listen all the way through right but once you texted me that I was like oh no I should go and watch the music video but uh first impressions of Indigo like first time listening through I truthfully was pretty shocked and surprised by the diversity in genres and just how the songs kind of played out. Mm-hmm. I think I went in with the intentions of like, this is an extension of mono. I think I got so hooked on like monochromatic mm-hmm. and indigo kind of going hand in hand, right. just like that artistic, you know, terminology, art terminology mm-hmm. that. I was like, oh my gosh, I loved mono and I just felt like Indigo was going to be an extension of that. And it so isn't, but it kind of is at the same time. But I think like going from like Yoon into still life, still life, I was like, whoa, this is so funky. This is so fun. And like hearing change and just like all the experimental genres and just like range that I feel that mono, like Mono still had a lot of that, but it was very cohesive. Right, really conceptual yes. in its style from start to finish. So I was I was surprised in the best possible way mm-hmm. first time listening through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After I watched the music video and I started listening to the album a couple songs behind you, mm-hmm. I was in love every step of the way and just amazed with what I was hearing and really excited by the different genres and sounds and like kind of experimental sounds that we got later on with it, too. Right. So we're super, super excited to get into that with you all today. Yes. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks, and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating. 
shouting and making people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Roberts, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Your favorite informative fangirl podcast. Today, we're going to hang out for about an hour and we're going to discuss Indigo. We're going to provide you with our album review. We're going to get into lyrics, production, the features, all of it here today. Um, So we're really excited to talk about it with you all. Yeah. But before we get into today's episode, we really want to say thank you, Iconics, for being here and for all of your support. If you'd like to support us even further and have access to a bunch of extra, you know, things, docs and, you know, invites, everything, then you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash standing BTS. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes, but any type of support is super appreciated. Thank you all for being here and for listening. Yes. Lastly, before we get into our Indigo album review, our 200th episode is coming up and we'll be hosting a free live event on Zoom on December 19th. Our episode will cover a timeline of BTS's biggest events and recap those iconic moments through standing BTS's history. We are so excited to celebrate 200 episodes live with Iconics and would love for you all to participate in the episode's recording. So do you have a pressing question that you've never heard us answer before? Or is there a major BTS moment that you need to hear our thoughts on? Ask us anything. If you'd like to participate please email us an audio message to standingbtspodcast at gmail.com or upload it into the Dropbox link in the description. We'll be accepting audio messages via email or Dropbox until Wednesday, December 14th. Yes, thank you all for participating and we're really looking forward to our 200th episode. I cannot believe that we're already to 200 and it's like this episode is right around the corner. It's our next episode. Literally. Yeah. Okay, so for our 199th episode, it's so special because we're talking about Indigo. So just some background information on Indigo's release. It was released on December 2nd, 2022. This is RM's first solo album. This He's released mixtapes before, but he particularly has been excited to announce it as like his full, like first full-length album mm-hmm. as like a solo artist. Right. So Aram has worked on this album for four years and he wanted to release it before his 30th birthday. He said that Indigo is an archive of his final years in his 20s. And it's a diary. It's pretty much a diary from 2019 to 2022. We wanted to just talk a little bit about the color indigo and just some meanings that we've heard from other armies and just what we've read online about what indigo, the color itself is. Like Mm -hmm. I immediately thought it's a mix between purple and blue. And I feel that blue is very connected to Namjoon and that purple is just the symbol of army. So I I just feel that like army BTS love also Mm -hmm. with just him choosing indigo, but he particularly is drawn to this color. Mm -hmm. He says it's like, it is his color. It represents him. So indigo, it's the color of wisdom and intuition. It represents an inner awareness of spirituality and allows for deep focus during meditation. 
It gives an ability for planning the future and it brings about a love of rituals. Those who feel connected to indigo are faithful, idealistic, and intuitive. Aram has said that Indigo, the album, has that he's created a collaboration that transcends boundaries between music and art, which I think is so beautiful because he's just so passionate about art. Mm-hmm. Um, we see him constantly, like he's just really developed. Um, it's like a hobby. Like when he goes yeah. nom juning, he is out at museums admiring and appreciating art pieces. Yeah. So it's just wonderful that he's able to create an album that like really is able to incorporate art outside of music inside of it. Yeah. 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 Lovely. Um, I also really want to talk about his use on this album as he titled the tracks, all of the tracks that have a featuring artist on it. He didn't actually say featuring. Mm -hmm. He says that it's with this person. It's with Erica Badu. It's with Anderson Pack. And that really stood out to me in particular because normally we do see that featuring. But I feel like what Namjoon did with this album and the way that he used the his production side of it was by writing songs and knowing who would fit the sound and who he needed to include to be able to convey the emotion or the wisdom or the just the general message that that specific verse or lyric or whatever had that he knew it wasn't something that should come from him that it would be better suited from this X, Y, and Z person. And I feel like throughout the album, all of the features that we hear, um, he does a wonderful job of not only blending his own sound and style, but their sound and style. And so it really truly feels like it's with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that that was just brilliant. It really stood out to me in how he did that. Um, And it even made it even more so fitting that they were on that, that track. Yeah. I think that was intentional. Like you were saying, it really does seem like he's working with the artists that they, their sound and their unique style is brought into the music as well. Like it's not just them featuring, because he thinks that their voice will fit though that is true like he really was seeking these artists to portray it but also like having them a part of the the work and bringing their style to the track right making Mm -hmm. it like a truly meaningful collaboration in that way Mm -hmm. it reminded me just probably because we just spoke about his interview with Pharrell the artist to artist interview but it reminded me of kind of how Pharrell spoke to him and how he places himself in his roles in music and how he works with different artists and it seems like Namjoon really explored that type of style with the production of this album yeah yeah So let's get into Yoon here. And this is the first song on the album featuring Erica Badu. This song was written and produced by RM, Logical J, and Ghost Loop. And I want to talk about who Erica Badu is. Mm-hmm. She's an iconic American singer-songwriter in the R&B soul genre. And she's really best known for helping usher in the neo-soul era with her unique vocal style and mix of hip-hop, jazz, pop, and African music. I think that Namjoon... Like, I don't know what he did to get this feature because she, like, what a catch. What a catch to get her on this this It sounds like she's an absolute legend. I feel like it's a crime that I had not really heard of her. I feel like I've heard heard her music before. Right. But I just didn't know her name. Mm -hmm. And it really, I feel like it's such a tragedy that I did not. But I'm so grateful that this collaboration got to come about and that I've gotten to know her better because... Her voice is amazing. Mm -hmm. It is gorgeous and so distinct and unique. Uh, She really adds a lot to 
this song. Right. So let's get into the vibe and production. This really is like that classic R&B and hip hop. And it just really adds so much for, you know, Erica Badu's voice, having that neo soul sound, mm-hmm. like you were saying it, this is, you know, part of his style, part mm-hmm. of his history here, but like her own uniqueness coming into to right. really create this more neo soul type of R and B and hip hop. I feel like his like his style, that like classic R and B hip hop style, like, you know, early hip hop is like very him, mm-hmm. like very his style and what he emulates. That's like when her music was popular like that's really when she was debuting and coming out Mm -hmm. and so it like you know it fits so well Mm -hmm. era wise like of course the the, these two styles are blending so lovely together yeah yeah there is a pretty calm keyboard throughout this song and these chords are so soft but there's also this very jazzy piano that's like playing around there throughout the song the instrumental feels supplemental to the Mm -hmm. song because their voices really are the focus and highlight and central point of this song but the instrumental like I just can't describe it other than like it is very mellow and chill and relaxed oh yeah oh yeah but you want to listen to what they're saying you know like it's it's all about the lyrics and what they're saying yeah Yeah, it feels like akin to spoken word poetry with like the mellow instrumental that really supports their voices, Absolutely. which is also reminiscent of Erica Badu's music. So I again, like it just really, really works. Yeah. 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 So at the beginning of this song, there is a sample of Yoon Young-kun, and he says, according to Pluto's humanity... It's the human essence to seek truth, goodness, and beauty. It's the sincerity and truth, the moral goodness, and the beauty. But in my opinion, you have it all when you have the truth. And so this sample is spoke actually spoken by Yoon Young-kun, who is a South Korean artist and is who this song is actually named after. Yeah, like, wow. Yeah, and whose artwork artwork is also displayed in the art cover of this album Mm -hmm. so he has such a he's so meaningful to Namjoon like Mm -hmm. he is one of Namjoon's biggest inspirations Mm -hmm. Yoon is Namjoon's lifetime like favorite artist so there's just a lot in having this sample of him speaking this sample at the beginning of this album yeah and something else we found out was that the artwork was released Yoon's this artwork that's displayed on the cover was released just before Yoon perfected his signature style so to RM the artwork represents the last expression of himself prior to discovering signature style and you know this being significant because it's the first song on this album and this album is the last great work of his 20s or of his youth and you know it's just amazing that he to me it's symbolic that he knows the true truly the best is yet to come for him he knows he's like on the cusp of his signature style here he is Yeah. yeah yeah And I also feel like with the song starting with this quote, you know, according to Plato's humanity, from an artist, too, that this is already setting such a philosophical point of view for the album, which, you know, like we could expect nothing less from Kim Namjoon. Yeah. Um, But But also Jack in the Box starts with a a very philosophical quote like this, too. Yeah. um, With a sample. So interesting. But yeah, um, my main takeaway of 
this sample is that Yoon is saying he believes the truth holds the most value, that you have it all when you know the truth and you have the truth. And I feel that you really see that as a theme throughout this album, the whole album for Namjoon. For sure. Seeking truth, living truth, 100% through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first verse, RM says, fuck the trendsetter. I'm going to turn back the time, back the time far to when I was nine. When things were only good or bad, I think I was more of a human. A finger pointing from here to a mountain saying, it's the place I need to go now. That's where you belong. So at the very start when he says, fuck the trendsetter, for him, it's always been all about his roots. So this just feels like a jab to like the fast paced trends that are happening today and kind of like the fast paced trends that like he's had the pressure to stay on. Mm -hmm. Like he's a trendsetter, but he wants to go back to his roots along with like the classic hip hop rap delivery style here too. Right, like it really stands out. Like it's impactful that he's saying "fuck the trend center" because of his delivery, his choice and style that he's that yep. he's using here. Mm-hmm. It really takes us back to us his beginning there because that's like really what he started with rap and his true style. And it, you know, it reminds us that he had that drive and that passion. He felt like he knew where we, he was supposed to go in this industry. Like he knew his destiny was to really go and climb that mountain. He could mm-hmm. see it for himself. Yeah. But, you know, to him, it seems so clear back then. He um, felt more of a human back then, right. too. Like, it was more black and white. Right. Like, it seems like now things are a little bit more muddled, a little less, you know, black and white for him. Right. I mean, everything when you're, I mean, he spoke about being nine years old, like, everything is so simple back then. As mm-hmm. a child, you can't imagine what you're asking for or what you're really aiming for or what all comes with mm-hmm. reaching the top of that mountain. Yeah. And so now he just has so much more complex feelings behind it. Mm-hmm. So he goes on to say, you're going to be alone if you stick to the empty truth. You're actually nothing without a team. Why would you ever veer onto a trail from the highway? Just listen to me or you'll lose it all. As always, you go with the flow. You get better. Fuck that shit. Edwan J. Lifestyle. So that word that I just butchered is a French word. <laughs> no. for, like I speak Spanish, okay? Like I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's a French word for foreign or unacquainted. So like living a foreigner's lifestyle. And he says, my place is always the pipeline along the border my dream is still forbidden dancing where no one sees so to me like the first part of that really made me think about someone telling him people around him managers people above him at Hybe, mm-hmm. like saying you're nothing without this team and he's saying that's an empty fucking truth like that, that is not the truth nope. he's asserting like he has value both as RM of BTS and also as the human Kim Namjoon right. like it does not have to be like against each other it doesn't yeah and I love that he says that it's the empty truth like I that he's gotten to this point like he knows that I feel that maybe right. at one point he did believe it or he surely has been hearing it from others the veering onto a trail it seems like a manager providing him like really bad advice here where it's like why would you veer onto a trail when you're on a highway threatening that like he'll lose everything that he's worked so hard for if he takes a break or if he like 
takes a slower path or go at a slower pace. And the truth is he needs to walk on a trail. And I think it's so much more than just like living a more simple life. I think it's symbolic of being a human. Mm -hmm. I think it's symbolic of like grounding himself. Mm -hmm. Like when you go and take a walk, he needs that time away from the limelight and away from all this like very successful, lush lifestyle. I could see how people who are like very money driven or success driven could be like, why would you possibly like that is so dumb. Like right. you're just a fool for wanting to take this trail right. and it's just terrible advice. And I just love that Namjoon here is saying like he is going to take that trail right. instead of staying on the highway. And I really just love the concept of the trail grounding himself. Yes. Like it seems like, like it's grounding himself in so many different ways mm-hmm. and that it, it needs to happen you know, Absolutely. for him. Yeah. He goes on to, like, when he says that his place is the pipeline, it made us think about how his hard work often goes unseen. Like, the pipeline is, like, I mean, a pipeline's buried underground, but it's, like, dirty, nitty-gritty. Like, it's hard to build a pipeline, you know? And I feel like he does so much, and we know a lot of what he does, but he has to do ten times more than that behind the scenes. Like, we just have no idea the amount of work that this man is doing or what he's really going through on his day-to-day life. And so for him to say, like, that's always his place, that's where his hard work is taking place, just kind of like in the periphery where people can't really see what's going on, but he's there like doing the hard work. Yeah, and it goes um, unseen. And it goes unseen, uh-huh. like no recognition for it. Yeah. yeah. But also, I just also think of it as like a fast delivery of resources. Mm-hmm. Like that is his like, he's having to provide oh, yeah. such quick delivery of like, art and music mm-hmm. you know through this pipeline yeah for highway. sure the delivery through a pipeline is yeah. like expedited right yeah mm-hmm. oh man and then he says my dream is still forbidden dancing where no one sees and we thought a lot about what he what his dream is what is this dream that he's referring to and we just kind of came to the conclusion that his dream is just being a human which mm-hmm. is like devastating yeah (laughs) it's devastating but it feels forbidden to him that he can't just be a human that like it seems he talks about it in festa it seems very sinful yeah to take a break yeah to take this trail to be normal to get off the highway yeah Yeah, and be a normal human i mean whoever dreams of being normal yeah you know nobody Right? I mean, yeah. No one does. Like, literally, people... It's really a blessing we take for granted. It is. Nobody nobody is growing up when they're, like, five years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be normal. You like, wanna, no. No, you aspire for something larger. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it really it's just... A, just to say, it really is a forbidden dream. It like, is. I can't imagine, even at his status and level, the lack of people that understand that. It's hard for normal people to conceptualize. How could you want a normal life when you have everything right like I would you know you have money you have right. this you have that like I aspire for that right why would you want my life right but yeah. we get it I mean we get it now from, from the delivery yeah. of these lyrics we really get it in the pre-chorus this is where Erica Badu comes in and she says you keep the silence for you do something you be a human till the death of you and I feel like I mean he spoke about how he needed her to feature because she has such wisdom and he needed someone who was so wise and who had had experience 
to deliver these lines. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that really comes through in her delivery here. She feels like such a voice of reason after like the bad advice in the latter half of the first verse. And it's just like so warm and loving, like encouragement to go live your life, go be a human. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's so comforting to hear her come in here Yeah. yeah, and providing that it's like almost like motherly advice or, right. you know, like very healing too and right. how she delivers these lines. Right. It's like permission. Yeah. yeah. It is like permission. Fuck permission. <laughs> Don't let's I just didn't move try. on. Okay. So, <laughs> so in the chorus, he says, like he kind of builds off of that being a human. He says, I want to be a human before I do some art. It's a cruel world, but there's going to be my part because true beauty is a true sadness. Now you could feel my madness. And he repeats that again. But really, there's a lot to unpack there with mm-hmm. that chorus. What we really get from it is the want to be human before I do some art. He spoke on this at Festa that he needs to experience life and have normal moments to have a pool of inspiration to make right. music from. Right. It's like he's, I mean, he just doesn't have anymore. He said it all that yeah. he has to say. And then when he says, cruel world, but there's going to be my part, like to me, it comes across that he wants to contribute and will do so despite external factors going on. He knows that he's an artist, he's a poet, and he's willing to like accept and endure his fate of like sadness and hardships, like going through the industry and just like everything that goes along with being able to share his art. Mm -hmm. And I think doing that is providing that true beautiful art and music to this world but he's also like because I also have noticed a lot of his art comes from his sadness like Mono Mm -hmm. was like so birthed from his sadness some of the songs in this album like very much seem like they're coming from his sadness so like even his sadness is inspiring that true beauty that true art so they really are true beauty is true sadness you know that's not the only you know. interpretation yeah. of it but yeah I mean a lot of his his best work has come from like him talking about his lowest moments in life like you know what he's had to endure through right but I think there's also a very complex concept around like true beauty and how like true beauty it is actually a true sadness like or a very sad destiny if you're like very beautiful or you provide such like beautiful art to this world like you I just feel that in his position like when you are an artist people love it so much that like there's the addition of like pressure or expectation or people wanting to manipulate it Mm -hmm. or criticize it and you know when you gain this level of popularity or people will benefit off of you it's a really sad and lonely life yeah you're not seen as human anymore you're because of just how much your art is admired and how people admire you Mm -hmm. that it actually becomes very lonely and I think it becomes hard to see like the truths of of the world when you're put in that position yeah so I see true beauty as being a place of like loneliness Mm -hmm. too and that it's like this very twisted fate of like you have this you provide such beautiful art but like there's so much sadness that comes with that right being exploited yeah yeah so in the second verse he says He always said, be human first, forget the art, play and feel the joys and sorrows. What is it with the techniques? What is it with the skills? What is it with all the words in your lyrics that you can't feel? 
I don't know what's the truth you talked about. It's just my speed and direction on the way. You're dead. But to me, you the fucking contemporary. Still living here and flowing permanently. So this seems like he's talking directly to Yoon. Like he is speaking and replying to that sample that Yoon is played at the very beginning of this song. Like Mm -hmm. he's saying like, you said you got to be a human first. So I think he's... He's taking his advice here and like he needs to, Namju needs to be a human in order to create more art. Like he has right. to feel the joys and sorrows of being a human in order to produce art. Right. And when he's in this status of fame, he can't. Like it, this highway, like just money making, producing, putting out work, he's not able to actually experience life. He's missing out on life. Right. And therefore he's not able to, to write and produce or actually make art like actual meaningful music right because it has no truth to him you know he can't find the truth in it he can't find the he doesn't have time to search for the other truths of the world or to discover more truths of the world to him Mm -hmm. through that he is lacking the ability to speak about those in his lyrics and portray them in his art yeah Yeah. and that's why he's like I don't know what's the truth you talked about Mm -hmm. where he's saying, you know, once you find the truth, you have it all. Of course, I'm June's like, what is that? What is that? I want that. I want that. Right. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever get it. (laughs) But yeah. And I, I think this really goes into like him needing to mature in himself and to grow and learn the truths of being an adult and going into his thirties. Right. He, he wants that opportunity. He definitely does. He later on says, the twinkling fireworks will eventually fall someday. Render to Caesars the things that are Caesars. And so this stood out to me. The twi- I feel like twinkling fireworks, this is BTS at the, you know, the height of their popularity, their fame, everything at the top of the world. And he, obviously acknowledging all of that has to come to an end. Like BTS doesn't have to come to an end, but they, there's going to be a climax of their career. That's all just inevitable. All an good end. things come to an end. And when he goes on to say render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's this is like a quote from the Bible basically like pay your taxes your dues to the authorities because they're the authorities over you and I think this is him saying like that he feels like what he like he owes things to the company and he's had to you know kind of pay back the company and he also can feel like his work belongs to the company because it's under Hi, but it's under BTS, you because know, they like, provided this opportunity right. for him. They yeah, they helped he him get that, to this place. Right. Yeah, yeah. When in reality, he has provided so much for the company. Right. Yeah. But it's like this guilt, you know. That's right. has has to be contributing to the difficult decisions that he's making and like how he's going to navigate his life right now mm-hmm. because. He does feel a duty and, you know, they'd probably make him feel that way. Absolutely. And he goes on to say a burnt black heart. And it just seems like, you know, he's writing poetry sitting on the ashes, you know, that he's it's abusing the artist for power and money. Right. And that it's killed the artist within him. Right. He, He goes on to just say, like, that he wants to be a better adult and it's all implying here at the end of this verse that he will always create and he will always have something to say through his poetry and like no matter where his career is at, but he just wants the opportunity to live his life. Yeah. Like he just needs that for some time to be able to come back and say something. So at the very end of the song, we hear a sample again from Yoon 
And he says, it's something I won't be able to achieve until the day I die. It's something I'd like to achieve, but I can't. To do so, you have to completely throw away your greed. You have to throw away all your greed altogether. You have to enter a state of pure innocence. So this is something I want to do, but can't. But until the day I die, I will have to try. I think that may be the purpose of human. So to sum that up, to live like a human and reach the true purpose of humanness is to shed everything. And that is a lifelong goal, you know, that Yoon is talking about here and that Namjoon is effectively sharing of his Mm -hmm. at the end of this song here to be able to fully detach and shed everything all of the greed and the drive and like everything else and just live and and judgment like I feel like with innocence comes with less judgment or prejudice and just like the greed yeah I think it takes me back to just the lines of the highway and taking the trail right you know that highway seems so greedy and so yeah that he's saying that the purpose of humanity is to strive for the truth and to shed the greed yeah and yeah I and it's clear that this is like what's driving Namjoon forward Mm -hmm. and where he wants to go next in his career here yeah and how he wants to live his life right incredible beginning to the album I mean this song in itself is like one of the most dense songs on the album (laughs) because it just it really sets up it's almost like the title track for the album because of the theme of it because of the significance of the title and the the artist and indigo you know and so it really sets up themes for the rest of the album it does it sets the stage it really sets the stage Mm Let's get into still life. Yeah. This is with Anderson Pack, and this was written and produced by RM, Nino Santa, Emil Schmidt, Adam Cooling, and Ghost Loop. And we know Anderson Pack because he previously worked with BTS playing drums for them during the yet to come comeback performance. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't already know, he is an American singer, rapper, songwriter, and producer, and he worked with Bruno Mars to create Silk Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great to hear that he collaborated with him for this song. The vibe in production, you really hear Anderson Pack's influence here because there is this super funky vintage retro feel in this song. There's a piano, super nice bass line. There's clapping that makes it so easy to mm-hmm. dance and bop to. There's background vocals that have these wonderful harmonies and woos. They're super great. It really is such a fun happy go like happy go lucky song it really is yeah like yeah. it's it's super motivating but just really has you jamming like right. you're like leaning side to side dancing along to it right so in the very first verse rm says i'm still alive but i'm moving just live now going forward yeah a still life that does not stop keep my flower blooming again we all we really feel like this flower blooming is representative of growth and blossoming over and over again Mm -hmm. we also feel like a theme with indigo is like namjoon feeling like stagnant at points Mm -hmm. in his career and that like bts has like really reached the height of their career but he has to continue to blossom and he doesn't want to be stuck right so he says give me no name because i'm untitled and i love like the art the art jargon here because there's so many art pieces that are titled Untitled. untitled right also just like 
art style being a like still life is a type of art style. Right. But the give me no name because I'm untitled. All of this time we have known Namjoon to be like questioning his identity like for so long. But here he is in this song shouting it so confidently that he's untitled and that he needs no name and actually wants to have no name. Right. You know, like, again, I think this is making him human by saying this. Right. Also him saying that his story is a series and is not limited to one name or a single experience. And so it seems that he knows what his purpose is. He knows what he's here for. He's here to seek the truth of the world and portray and deliver it through his art. And he's just been searching for new truths and he needs the time to experience that, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. Like he can't be, he can't be stuck in the box of like BTS. He can't be stuck in RM. Right. And that's it. Like he has to keep moving. He has to keep blossoming. Right. He has to keep blossoming. Yeah. And I don't feel like that is a, a sentiment that he alone shares from in the group of BTS. I feel no. like other members definitely feel like they would love to be able to spread their wings a little bit more and e- experience the other parts of themselves mm-hmm. beyond that member of BTS. He goes on to say, my life is on display, still life. The past is gone. The future is unclear. I catch my breath at a fork in the road. I want to escape the frame of this canvas. And this really made me think about how his youth... And, you know, Hybe has drawn out their youth for all this time. And I feel like that's kind of one of the reasons why he's talked about feeling so stunted in this song and Mm -hmm. in this album, because they really wanted to preserve the youth of BTS and their like youth era and their chapter one for a long time, far past when they felt like it was their youth anymore. It wasn't applicable to them anymore. Right. And so even in the same place, like he wants to escape from that canvas of his youth, but his youth isn't over because it's captured in these videos and in these pictures and in these albums throughout his musical history and throughout his career with BTS. And so it it feels to me like he's saying here, like he doesn't have to remain in his youth there. It's preserved in a multitude. It's captured. People can always revisit it and see it. It's there in all of these still lives of his past. It will exist forever. Right. It's there. It's existing. Just like a still life in an art museum, that flower that's painted still exists from hundreds of years ago because it's there in the still life. So will his youth and all of the work that he's already done in his career, no matter what he's doing now or what the future holds, that is all still there. It's preserved. I love that conclusion that he's gotten to because I feel like that's really helped him with being able to like move on. Right. You know, that I don't have to stay here because it, it exists right his life is on display it's there it's there already yeah yeah he then says the shadow cast over me by yesterday and tomorrow i just calm i just calmly live er time 24 7 yeah baby i'm on time i just live every minute and every second of today bet everything you have what you know about me huh and i feel like the line that really sticks out to me is i just live every minute and every second of today. And so when I first heard Still Life, I interpreted, like before I got into the lyrics, how I really felt about Still Life was like living a still life, a mm-hmm. slower life. And these lines right here make me think of like he's living in the present. He's trying to practice living in the present right. to just calmly live. And that he's living a still life 
And that's one that's rewarding in other ways. There's no need to be rushing and that being able to be present and enjoy life more and live a simpler life is much more pleasurable and meaningful than to be busy all the time. Right. Totally. I love that interpretation. And I think that that was something he really intended to with this idea of still life, especially coming off of Yoon and expressing Mm -hmm. the need to slow down and to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So the chorus with Anderson Pack, they say, I'm still alive. Yeah. Can't lock me in a frame. I'm moving. Yeah. I'm still alive. Life is better than the death. I'll prove it. And hearing this chorus in English, for some reason, like fame and frame really went hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's wordplay going on here. Like, can't lock me in the frame. You can't lock me in this box of what BTS has always been. Like, really, we can't be young forever. Right. You know, right. you can't lock me in this frame, but also you can't lock me in this fame. Like, living in this, like, famous lifestyle, being stuck in the limelight all the time, it just weighs on you. It wears on you. And so, also with the still life, when they're singing still life, Mm -hmm. it sometimes sounds like still alive. And I feel like this is wordplay, too. Like, living a still life and feeling more alive by living a simpler, slower life. Right, or being still alive because you're living a still life. Yeah. Yeah. Or still alive in that, like, he's no longer staying within this frame and he's moving, he's continuing to move on. Right. Um, And he has felt more alive than ever by being able to break free of it. Right. I love this line, life is better than death and I'll prove it, just because I feel like anyone who has felt the big sadness that like Namjoon and I and like so many other people Mm -hmm. feel like there there's there is an active choice to be like I'm choosing to live here there's been Mm -hmm. times like that you actively choose it and then you have to prove it to yourself because Mm -hmm. you're you have to live up to that you know and Mm -hmm. so I love that he's like it's like this declaration here that he's he's proving it to himself that he's chosen to live out his life despite his struggles and things that he goes through and that living in the here and now and being present like being present-minded in the still life is so much better than feeling trapped in what he is trapped in or was trapped in Mm -hmm. or even catastrophizing about what the future holds yeah yeah I feel like it goes for both, like Mm -hmm. catastrophizing about the future or feeling so stuck in that you can't get out, like being stuck in this frame that like life is better than death. Like, like it, it can get better and you can choose to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the post chorus, they say, I'm still alive, but I'm moving just now, just living now going forward. Still nonstop life. Shall my flower bloom again? I'm still alive, but I'm moving. And they, at the end end of this uh, post-chorus, they say, yo, I never stop, bae. Let's get it now. And so this part of this post-chorus is just so lively Mm -hmm. and enjoyable to listen to. I was listening to this song, like, the day after this, like, literally the next day after the album was released, I was off of work and it just so happened to be like a random spurt of warm weather like it's December okay and I got off work and I'm like it is like 55 degrees outside 
and it sucks. It sucks to like bike in the cold, but I've been so into biking lately that I'm like 55. I can do it. Like I have to listen to Indigo on my bike and just ride. And I really felt this like overwhelming sense of like freedom. Well, you feel that on the bike when you're riding a bike usually, but like listening to this part of the song, it was liberating. It felt like I could just really just like keep going forward and continue to blossom and bloom and just like live a life where like, I don't know, I was going like that. (laughs) Yeah. Just live a life where you can always continue to move forward despite what you're going through. And on this bike ride, it's so crazy, but on this bike ride, I took a different path than I usually do. Mm -hmm. And a neighbor, like three neighborhoods down, like in this other neighborhood that I went on this path with, they had a sign out in front that said, trust in new beginnings. Wow. And I just am like, chapter two, like indigo. Like I just, I just found so much meaning in it. And it was when still life was playing and I just had, it was very profound, all of it for me, that experience. Is it too on the nose to say that you went off the highway onto the trail? The beaten path, yeah. the trail, yeah. I mean, you took a totally different route. and I almost took a picture of it. I should have yeah. sent it to you. The, I mean, even this post-course is still making me think of that lyric from from Yoon because like the yo, I never stop bay, let's get it now. Like I'm still life, but I'm moving. Mm-hmm. It makes me think like he's on the trail now. Like he's st- he's never gonna stop. He has to keep like writing and making and creating. But like yeah. he's just gonna take a slower pace. And he's like, I'm still moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend listening to this song on a bike ride. Yeah. It is so motivating. And this chorus really is just like the mantra. I'm sure Nanjun would love that. I'm, he would love to hear that you had that experience yeah. on a bike listening to his song. I bought a bike when Bicycle came out. Yeah, that <sighs> I, w- I was like, I have to, I have to get a bike. That's so amazing. And I'm like super into biking. <laughs> I'm like really sad that it's winter because yeah. I'm like, uh, it sucks to ride in the cold. Right, you can't. Yeah. yeah. So in his second verse, just something I want to say that stands out at the beginning is his use of the word brother and then other B syllables in those first like four lines of the second verse. It's just contributing to a really impactful flow. It's nothing really standing out to the lyrics that I need to say. It's just playing on the word brother and I just love it. I just love the delivery there. It stands out. Yeah. The part where he says, trendsetter, I'm a friend better. I also feel like that's going back to Yoon, um, where he shouts out trendsetter at the very beginning. But him saying, I'm a friend better, it makes him human again. Like being a friend to someone that you can really talk to and that it just humanizes him by saying that. Like that's that's what he feels. He doesn't want to be a trendsetter. He doesn't want to be on that highway he wants to be a friend right he wants time to be a friend (laughs) right and then he says in the end it didn't turn out as i wanted not what i hoped they live so happily just as i want huh and so when when he talks about they live so happily i feel like he's talking about his friends who are just living their normal lives Mm -hmm. and he's like just how i want huh like kind of sitting back and that gives him pause like who's living the life right now because i feel like he's spoken about in the past the hardship of keeping those friendships maintaining those friendships as he's like traveling around the world and that him and his friends are in such different places like with their lives they are. um and it 
it not turning out as he wanted to me as him like he loves obviously like what he's done here but he didn't understand getting into it he didn't know getting into it the like kind of the shadow side of it that he would have to deal with or like the hardships of the industry that he would have to deal with that he just had no idea about and to me that's the not what I wanted not what I what not what he hoped about and he just doesn't have that that normalcy I mean he was nine years old surely he wasn't thinking about the cons of fame right the cons of being on top of that mountain right you know so it just the his dream wasn't what he expected for Mm -hmm. sure but overall I feel like this song is super upbeat like you can't help but to move to it it's inspiring and motivating yeah Yeah, it feels like it could be the soundtrack of my life like (laughs) I, I I really love it yeah so so much it feels like we have to just all keep moving forward yeah you know and that it's something to be excited about yeah the the many different breakdowns of the title still life you know all of those different ways to live a still life are all amazing yes and exciting yeah yeah Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So the next song on the album is All Day with Tableau. So this was written written and produced by P-Dog, RM, and Tableau. If you don't know already, Tableau is a Korean-Canadian musician who was the leader, producer, and lyricist for the rap group Epic High. Epic High is a group that BTS have always admired, and they are one of Namjoon's favorite artists. Yeah. They have a very, very long history together. Yeah. Like, when you think BTS's debut album, you should be thinking, like, Epic High to a degree. For sure. Totally inspired by. Yeah. And I think they have a long history of mutual respect for each other also. Totally. Yeah. Friendship, for sure, between them. The vibe and production of this song, like, it's pretty upbeat. It keeps the tempo from still life and still seems pretty energetic itself. There's a sample singing in the background that we hear at parts of the song, and we also hear a really nice saxophone, a keyboard, and some clapping. And... Parts of it really remind us of Trivia Love with the brass horns and like the chanting and the mantras. For sure, the chanting. Like, yeah. I'm really taken there. Like, in my mind's eye, I can see him performing the song in the same type of way that he was performing Trivia mm-hmm. Love. And then the title All Day made us think of that song All Night that he did with Yoongi and Juice World. Yeah. And like, it doesn't seem like they're related, but I mean, he had to have thought about it when he was titling this song. Like, thought back to the first one that he made all he night. He surely had to have been reminded of it. Yeah. yeah. We don't know how they play off of each other, but right. we feel that that had to have been there. Right. Okay, so let's get into the lyrics of this song. He starts with talking about, okay, the commercials these days are all the same. For now, I enjoy it as I like. Nice dancers in nice clothes. He says, it just became a habit. I don't care. You know those guys do care more. In fact, the body is nothing. The mind is more of the problem. So to me, this just 
was him taking us through a little bit of like his day, a little bit of his work, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe like in the studio, backup dancers, busy people around. And he's actually revealing to us. I feel like this is, this was a surprise to me saying Mm -hmm. that it wasn't the physical work that's taxing. Like that has really become routine to him. It's become easy and his body is fine, but it's his mind that's breaking down. I guess I wasn't surprised about like struggling mentally, but I was surprised to hear that he feels like his body is really fine. Cause I feel like with any idol as they age more and more that's like what we hear and we've heard from like other members of bts like i'm too old for this you know and so i was really surprised to see that from him i didn't expect that yeah but it makes sense it makes a whole lot of sense and he goes on to say yeah i myself don't know fuck the ai fuck the algorithm i need to think fuck all the rhythm And kind of going back to what he was saying, too, with, like, the nice dance, it's all the same, nice dancers, nice clothes, like, whatnot. To me, it seems like everything seems artificial or not real or that it's predetermined. It's a part of the algorithm. It's routine. Yeah. Yeah. And Namjoon, it seems like he's, like, there's more than this. There has to be something deeper than this. And, like, with his mind seeming to be struggling here I think it's because a lot of this all day you know repetitive almost meaningless stuff is like mind-numbing to him and that his like mind is suffering and that there has to be something deeper something more right so at the very end of this first verse he says if you're looking for something buried honey you taste it like me and he's basically saying if you're looking for something deeper me too. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about permission to dance at length, but we were just like, as armies, we were a little bit shocked at just the, the difference lack of in depth. The, the, the lack of depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like, you know, we've always known Namjoon and, you know, Yoongi, these right. major lyricists and producers. Right. And uh, surely like to some degree, their work has become a little more superficial and less deep in their meaning and lyricism. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, to me, it felt valid. This line here felt very validating. Yeah. I think that he would really struggle internally with going from having such a heavy hand in their most prominent songs, like every hit track to this hit track that they promote for like well over a year, Mm -hmm. like having had nothing to do with it and like how fake and artificial that would really feel to him. And inauthentic. Yeah. 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 Predetermined artificial right yeah but it's his all day it's his all day so then he goes into the chorus and uh, you know he's basically just saying i'm digging all day i'm finding the real me real me rm i know i'm singing all day and it sounds like even though like you know part of his job up to this point to a degree like not all of his career but like as of recent years it has felt like a little numbing or a little repetitive or redundant and now he's at the point where he's like I'm digging for me to find the real me right he's digging to find himself to find the truth to find what he wants to talk about in his lyrics and what he wants to show in his art right totally a deeper meaning. The deeper meaning. Yeah. I mean, it has to, for I'm him, it has to be day. there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yes. It's so catchy. <laughs> it it's is. It's so catchy. Yeah. So after Namjoon's verse and Namjoon's chorus, then we get Tableau's verse. 
And so in his verse, what really stuck out to me was him saying, they want you in fear. How dare you say what you think? Fold it origami. They got you by your balls and your socioeconomics. Bold statement there. Super bold statement. And then he says, we got to fight when they say behave. We got dynamite in our DNA. So that whole, these parts, these lyrics here in this verse, I feel like it comes down to, I hate saying it, but like management or the company or what others are expecting. Like, how dare you like say what you think, like being controlled in just like what you say in your lyrics or what you put out into the world. Mm -hmm. Like they've got you by your balls and your socioeconomics. They own you. They they have all of your money. Yes. Like the fear like is so strong that like they literally have your balls in their hands, you know, like such a sensitive, like vulnerable position, right? you know, you're completely at their will. Right. And he says, we got to fight when they say behave. Like we got to fight when they say, no, you can't do this. You can't say that. Mm -hmm. You have to stay silent about this. You Mm -hmm. have to do it this way. Otherwise I won't, you know, X, Y, Z. And he said, we got to fight that. We've got dynamite. And I love the BTS referencing here. We've got dynamite in our DNA. Like we, have the passion, we have the fire, mm-hmm. and we've got to like stand up to this. Yeah, you have to have the voice. The too. voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to go against it. Right. And he says, I'll take care of myself with my eyes wide open. Haters, close your eyes. If you don't want to see my life, it's hard to watch a dream with your eyes open. You feel me? And this to me is like, if you don't like what I'm doing, then don't look at me. Close right. your eyes. Right. And in fact, if you're looking at me, you're too busy looking at me and wanting to create your dream on push your dream on me. And you can't dream yourself if you don't close your eyes. Right. So he's literally like, don't watch me. Don't look at me. Don't tell me what to do with my life. If you have a dream and you have a vision, close your eyes and do it yourself. Right. I love it. Go dream like, your own I, damn dream. Get I feel off the mine. fucking, pa- like, I feel the heat. Right. I feel the passion. I'm like, tableau, yes. Oh. Like, I really, I, I love his verse. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, we got dynamite in our DNA makes him want to, like, fucking rise up, take right. over, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, yeah totally. He distorts his, vo- his voice in that part of the song that it, like, it really is striking and stands right. out. Like, you can't not hear it. Right. Um, and then in his chorus, he changes the lyrics to, I'm fighting all day, get out of my way, I'm living my way. And he ends it with live your life and so it's like again he's just fighting all day to speak his truth and live freely and if you don't like how he's living then look away yeah just don't even pay attention right right uh the outro of this uh song really acts as like a really great mantra to help you keep up your like the good fight you know um so they say when the cruel world seems to be laughing at you no matter what the world says we fly you gotta believe it you gotta be living you gotta believe it you gotta be dreaming you gotta believe it you gotta be feeling we know we fly all day I just love that outro. I do too. I think that's so inspirational. It is. I think it's an amazing way to like end this song where they're kind of like hyping each other up the whole time. They are hyping each other. It really feels like a mantra. Also, I could be wrong, but doesn't Epic High have a song named Fly? I think so. Just now you reading it, I was like, that really rings a bell. Yeah. We would have to look into it, but just in the midst of recording now, right. I have no idea. But it sounds very, very familiar. Yeah, I, I, I feels don't very think epic high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
All right, so let's get into Forgetful with Kim Sawol. Sawol? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was written and produced by RM and John Un. So Kim Sawol is a South Korean singer-songwriter who made her debut in 2014 as part of the duo Secret and later won Best New Artist and Best Folk Album. She's since found success releasing her own full-length solo folk album, which is just so fitting because Forgetful is mm. all acoustic. It's mm-hmm. just a very, very gorgeous, like almost folk-like song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it has all that acoustic guitar. There's some bass guitar in there. There's like occasional piano notes, not chords, just notes. Um, And then there's some body percussion being used on the guitar. We can hear like the hand tapping on the, you know, the wood. Uh, We hear some whistling that they both do. And obviously this is a beautiful duet. Um, that Namjoon and Sawul are sharing here. Um, and I, I love that you talk about like the folk music because I feel like when I listen to this song, the biggest thing that stands out for me is how perfect her voice is for this song. Mm-hmm. And when she comes in in verse two, it's like refreshing and so lovely. And like I could listen to it all day because it's just so lovely. It's so lovely. And I love having the background information of knowing that like she's a folk artist. And so like we were saying, when he decided to write this more acoustic stripped down song, he knew that she had to be the one to be on this song because it's very much her style. It is her style. Right. I also love that he actually dropped the E out of the middle of the title in forgetful. Um, Just this imagery of forgetfulness and like, Sometimes he's just very literal in this way. Mm -hmm. And so I love that he did that. Yeah, me too. So in the first verse, it starts with RM and he says, I keep forgetting about yesterday. I don't know what today is either. I keep forgetting the me of yesterday. I'm only 26. Yeah. Why can't I remember? My friends are sad. I'm sorry. I have so many thoughts. I don't have enough memory. And so we when we got into the lyrics, like we were expecting this to be like a love song because of the duet, the duet duet and how just beautiful they sounded together. But then realizing it's really not, it's really just like almost mournful, regretful of how forgetful he is. And he's acknowledging that he is just too busy to keep up with his friends. Mm -hmm. And he also, to me, it's coming across that he feels the responsibility. He feels responsible personally for being forgetful and blaming himself here like I'm only 26 why can't I remember like I really should be able to keep up with these things but Mm -hmm. I can't yeah yeah Yeah. or even keep like really the pain of not being able to keep up with your friends or even being forgetful of who you were at one point yeah and the chorus he says with numerous thorns the morning that comes and goes in my own way I'm like numbing myself, anesthetizing myself. Yeah. And so in this part of the song, it feels like, like he's numbing himself to the pain or his mornings day in and day out are just like so unenjoyable that like this time that's passing by, he's just kind of numb to it all. Mm -hmm. In the second verse, we have Kim Sewell and she says, I can't go to the park, but I like the color of nature. It's all a matter of time anyway. You're going to need it. Do you remember the smell of grass when you were young? It will be quite new. Yes, just forget about it. Everyone here is a fool. 
So this verse really stood out to me in that like, we all know that Namjoon loves nature and that he loves Namjooning, like we've always talked about. But I feel like he's really portraying how meaningful nature is for him here and actually how important nature is, I think, to all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and that like he enjoys nature so, so much, but like he hasn't really been able to immerse himself in it because he's so busy mm-hmm. and he's just locked up in this like schedule day in and day out to the point where he doesn't even really remember what the smell of grass is like. Yeah. Like imagine if you can't even know what the smell of grass is like to be so detached from reality in that way. Mm-hmm. Like how could he possibly remember his friends or remember who right. he was before BTS, right. you know? So not grounded. So not grounded. But I love the line of like, it's all a matter of time. You're gonna need it. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to need to go and immerse yourself and ground yourself mm-hmm. back in nature. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that it is so lovely. I feel like she is offering this like advice almost mm-hmm. um, counterpart to what he shared in the first verse. And then, you know, when they end the song together, you know, that ending chorus that they sing together, it just makes it all the more lovely. Mm. Very peaceful song. It is. About being forgetful. Yeah, we love it. Love. Let's get into Closer. Uh, This is with Paul Blanco and Malia. This was written and produced by RM, Andy Clutterback, James Hatchner, Malia Berkmar, Benjamin Hart, Paul Blanco, and P-Dog. It was also produced, or I guess it was just produced by Han. So it was written by all those people, produced by Han. Mm -hmm. Really cool to see Han show up in the production of this album because Han produced Soul for RM. So we just love that collaboration again. So talking about these people that were on the song, Paul Blanco is a Korean Canadian singer, rapper, and producer who got his start in 2018. He's someone who we really couldn't find much on. Like, it was hard for me to find, like, what is his big song that really, like, made him blow up or popular. Mm -hmm. So we've heard that he's really slept on, but based on this feature of this song and just what I've seen on Twitter since this album coming out, like, it's true. He slept on and he deserves more recognition here. And then Malia is a British Jamaican singer, songwriter, and actress, and she has released some several R&B soul EPs as well as two full-length albums and she had a song called Sober in like 2017 that was her her big breakthrough hit and mm-hmm. she's just been very successful ever since then. For this song's production, it is such a like modern pop R&B blend. Really heavy on the R&B, mm-hmm. I feel like. There's this very soft piano chords that are played, very soft bass line. Namjoon has these ad-libs in the song, just just a little bit in the song where he does these uh-huhs, mm-hmm. which are very sensual. Oh, yeah. And I just feel that he hasn't had much of this type of ad-libbing before. I feel that he probably at some point has done this kind of ad-libbing, but it feels particularly sensual in this mm-hmm. R&B song and with like the lyrics of Closer to it just hits a little different, you right. know? You're like, wow, right. okay. Um, surely he's done it before, but it felt refreshing. Yeah. It felt like a refreshing style for him. Especially just like in the whole context of this album, just getting like a little sensual vibe from a little, him was a little very sexy. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
so the song actually begins with the chorus. And so this is Malia delivering the chorus. And she says, I get a feeling sometimes that I can't get close enough to you. Um, even in the nighttime, that's when I'm closest to you. If I could be under your skin closer than we've ever been, we'd be closer than we'd ever been. And so this is just to me, just saying feeling they're so feeling distant from this person, you know, the subject of the song and Namjoon and writing this, these lyrics is thinking that if only he could like really get inside their head, inside their minds, then he could really understand what's going on here. But like even as they're laying in bed next to him, he feels distant. He feels distant. Yeah. yeah. When you feel like when you're physically closer than ever, right? Um, still feeling distant. Yes. Right. So in the first verse, he says, I feel it most at the most in the nighttime. Me never on your timeline. See you always in the limelight. Keep me rolling in the deep. Not a tease. No joke. I do mean it. Don't cease. Baby, don't. Why are you floating? Want to lock you up in my sight, but you are, you run away like fish. So it seems like Namjoon was in a relationship yeah. with a person. Like it really feels like he was in a relationship and that this person is also famous and he's struggling to see them so caught up in the limelight that that also has created distance between them. Um, he notices that their timeline displays nothing of him and more of this like lush lifestyle of fame or mm-hmm. also not on on their timeline because he can't be because right. it would be controversial. Right. So like it kind of eats away at him to see that, you know, he's not there. And he asks this person to not cease to not lose sight of them and to not lose sight of themselves or their relationship. It's like this person is either floating away from him or moving away from him or he can feel that they're growing more distant or even that like the high in the sky of like being famous Mm -hmm. floating higher up you know not being as grounded right is also hard for him to see you know I feel like he's definitely using floating in that way because he's kind of used that already and he continues to use it in that way in this album where that floating is that just going off into fame and just floating in that fame as opposed to being grounded to being grounded or being with him and you know it's hard to know exactly because he can't share obviously the the personal information of you know their relationship but like to me, I feel that. Like, I feel like it's it's dual meaning here and that they are floating apart, they're floating away, but also, like, it seems like maybe fame had gotten to this person. Right. In the limelight, for yeah. sure. Like, that is the biggest clue to me that this is, like, he's talking about another famous person. Right. Yeah. And they just have very different approaches to how they want to live in the limelight yeah. right now. Right. And so that's causing that that distance. Um there in the in the pre-chorus, he says, I keep you right next to me, only just in my dream. I see you in red, blue, and green. Don't wake me from this sleep. I think I'm losing my grip. Everything off the beam. Why you showed up in my life like this is so sudden. Oh, God, no. So a couple things that this pre-chorus made me think of. The line, I see you in red, blue, and green, made me think of like the colors of the pixels yeah, that your screen makes up. Absolutely. And so like he can he's only ever able to see this person through, you know, like through FaceTime or on like social media and that's how he can keep up with them Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's always through a screen and that's making him feel like he's losing his, his grip on it. You know, like he, he cannot 
maintain that, you know, Mm -hmm. for him, it's not something that he wants. Right. Um, and I also think like the ending of that, like why you showed up in my life. Oh God, no. Like he's like, he wasn't ready for this person to come into his life. Like, can you really ever be ready for love? He seems like he's always someone who wants love and who like really wants like a family and to like have that, that person to share his life with. Mm -hmm. But it seems like when this happened, it just wasn't the right time. Yeah. And like, because they just, they physically cannot be together and only in their dreams can they be together. And I think it's just hard for him to cope with that. Yeah. It could also be very unexpected for him. Like, I feel like even when any of us fall in love, when someone comes into your life, you almost feel astounded by, like, no, the way that this could be happening. Like, yeah, I I feel like it could be an element of that, too. Right, too good to be true. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the second verse, this is Paul Blanco's verse. I'm just going to say that this verse is really just, like, the, the hookup. Like, I feel like Namjoon needed someone else to feature here. He could not have said these words himself because, like... We, Army would go crazy. We would go fucking feral. <laughs> like, I'm just going insane even thinking that he fucking wrote these lyrics from his own experience. You Listen, know? he's he's said some lyrics like this way back in his past before uh-huh. and like armies went insane over yeah. it and i think he feels like maybe a little embarrassed of some of those lyrics so it makes a lot of sense that he had a feature right for these lyrics. right like he didn't want to say it himself but yeah. he wanted to get it out like this passion and so he like, should and right in paul blanco's verse like his voice is amazing and he's really just kind of talking about like what's going to happen when they finally get together you know mm-hmm. um and it's it's incredible it's amazing but I don't feel like I need to to read it, read it word for word yeah. necessarily. It does seem like the second verse where Paul Blanco comes in, it really is the hookup. Like I want to make her body diddy diddy bop. Right. Like, <laughs> the time's going to stop when you and I make our lips lock baby. I mean, come on. Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, I love it. I do too. Oh, also right after this, like this is like the hookup, right? Then we get this tiny little interlude and you hear like a voicemail and it says, just leave your message after the beep. And so it's like they get this one hookup like, ooh, what I'm going to do to you when I see you, you know, mm-hmm. they maybe got got to actually be together a couple of times or whatever. And then after that, it's just all voicemails, it's all dial tones, it's playing phone tag and never actually being able to like see each other. They're so busy that it's always dial tones when they're contacting mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Like, damn. That's, like, reality You can't have a here. real intimate relationship with, like, that kind of lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, at the very end, with the outro, he says, stay where you are, stay where you are, just stay where you are. And ultimately, they can't presently be together with all eyes on them, is what we've collected from the song, is that all they can do is watch each other from afar. Yeah. And they can't, they want to be closer, but it's just really impossible for them to do so yeah so kind of like a sad reality to that song but Mm -hmm. still really really a great song this man deserves love (laughs) like I just want him to have like a very intimate loving like relationship with like that doesn't become a factor fame is not right a part of it and busy hectic schedules are not putting stress on the relationship right he deserves to get closer to somebody yeah yeah 
So let's go ahead and get into change part two. So this was written and produced by RM and Eon. And this has a very heavy EDM electronic vibe. There's some like jazzy piano breaks in there too that come in to the, towards the end of the song. Like the piano really sours at the end there. Yes, the juxtaposition of the EDM with a jazzy soulful piano. Like I don't know if you can get any more opposite than that. Yeah. Like we've heard like, pop elements like being contrasted with like rock you know it's like it's just shocking right. you know or like rock being played with like string quartets and right. stuff you know like to me it has this stark contrast right. but works so well together it works so well this is like that experimental it's, shit oh. that i am like begging for all the time i'm like please do this because i love it i know like i know that he is that type of musician yes. like that genius that he can he can make this weird shit that shouldn't go together but it goes together and mm-hmm. so fucking good yeah. yeah um i love how this song sounds completely like start to finish. i really thought it was going to be my favorite song but uh-huh. for still life i just have so much meaning to it now for mm-hmm. me Mm-hmm. but like change part two is freaking fantastic it is like maybe my second fave on the yeah album. it's up there for me too yeah. it's so good i feel like all of army was like what is this yeah yeah, yeah. love it so he's like in the chorus the beginning of the song he says things change people change everything change love change friends change everything change it is not strange that's the world's shape and so he titled this part two, and the only other song that he has that's Change is Change that he made featuring Wale. And in that song, they're really talking about like the problems in the world. Social and change. The social change and hoping, and like the big mantra and chorus of that song is that the world is going to change. And so not that these two songs are heavily related thematically, but I think just because he's speaking on the topic of change again, um, he made this a part two to his original change. And I think he kind of did a nod to that with the last line in this Mm -hmm. this chorus that's the world's shape is change is the shape of the world you know you cannot stop the world from changing it will forever be changing right yeah and i love the intention i feel like there's such an intentional use of it it is not strange right and it just takes me to namgi's strange where they talk about the strange components of society and he's here saying that change is not part of that change is expected change is what shapes the world right yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it kind of sounds like a hot take in the way that he's delivering it too but yeah. the, uh, it it does make sense you know mm-hmm. even the first line of the first verse i can't believe i loved you once he says and i just love this delivery because he has like that the electronic edm in the background is like this super heavy like buzzing that just sounds mm-hmm. so dense and it gives like such a spiteful tone to this delivery oh, like yeah. he really is like he has such disc content towards this person oh yeah it's very spiteful it's almost resentful oh yeah yeah there's there's elements of anger here and like disgusted with himself that he did you know or like just like frustrated with himself that he did Yeah. yeah so he says fool me once then fool me twice shame on you yeah shame on me think i lost my sanity Chemistry we had for sure. Gradually, we wanted more. They say you can't fix someone. Seems you got one fit you right. He's speaking to someone here. And to me, it seems like this person, he feels needs to change, but hasn't. 
or that Namjoon himself has changed and this person has not been able to accept how he's changed. Right. And like, I also just thinking about the word strange again, like I could see someone like, if you change something about yourself, someone m- might like really question you about it. Like that's super white. That's super weird. Why all of a sudden, like, why are you different? You know, that's strange when right. it's really not. So the chemistry we had for sure it's, I don't know if he's talking about a relationship here, but it like, so seems like it he so is. seems like a relationship. Yeah. yeah. And just saying that, like, clearly they had a lot going for them, but like he couldn't fix this person right. and that this person wasn't able to change and grow with him or alongside him. Right. And like that fool me once, fool me twice. And saying that he thinks that he's lost his sanity. It made me think of like that stereotypical like definition of insanity is trying something over and over again with the same results, but you still try expecting something different. And it's like, it just doesn't happen. Like Mm -hmm. he kept trying, putting an effort with this person or kept trying to change them or kept trying to change himself to work with them yeah, or them saying they were going to change. Right. And, and, and didn't, you know, and him being like fool, by this over and over again yeah um of it course make he you feels so resentful you know yeah. yeah so in the lyrics what he ends up saying next is fuck my interviews and years ago i'm whole different not that anymore fuck that wiki fuck all those infos what a stranger i don't know this fool So I really love this pre-chorus because he's describing here how he's changed Mm -hmm. and that he doesn't identify with or is a stranger to who he used to be. And I just feel that he gives an example of himself here to show that he has changed for the better and that he finds his past self to be foolish and that it's foolish for people to not change. It would be more foolish of him to not have grown from that. You know, it's not like he, I don't think he thinks poorly of his past self, but he sees, I think everyone can look back at themselves and be like, oh my God, I was so ignorant. I was so this, I was so that, you know, we should all be growing. We should all be changing. And I just feel like it's, I like that he shows that he himself has changed and that like, he isn't any better than anyone else other than like he's grown. Right. You know, he's learned from it and he continues to evolve as a person. Right. Totally. 100%. Then at the outro, what we found out about this outro, this is when it changes to like this jazzy piano. He was actually drunk at Aeon's house yeah. and went over there, got drunk. And that's why he, he had tweeted, Aeon had tweeted like, I can't believe you put this song out, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> can't believe you actually did that because the whole ending, he had apparently just been like, I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to put this out. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. put this on the piano. And that's why the piano, like there, you know, the tempo, the rhythm is, you know, a little bit back and forth all over the place. His, it's not like everything about it is perfect. You can hear it in his voice and it makes it it's so much better. Better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's, the word I'm looking for. You're so right. It's a little so right. It's yeah. a little offbeat, and uh, like his his tone is just it makes it so good. Like the sour piano chords, along with his like kind of uh, not really slurred, you know, no. but it's it's just tired. He's tired of them. He's mm-hmm. just so done with them in the way that he's expressing this. Yeah, and he's like, you gotta admit it. Don't you get it? Still, someday a great grief will come for you. 
and then you'll know it too. You can't love someone like I do. That's all I can say to you. So this, I mean, it sounds like like he's saying karma's coming for you. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it sounds like he's saying they do not have the capacity for love that he has, or they don't love in the way that he loves or needs to be loved. Right. And that's all that he can say to them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It really feels... Like here at the end, the souring and the offbeatness, I feel like is how a relationship can sour and feel just so not in sync, just right. so offbeat. It oh, just yeah. isn't meant. And uh, yeah, he's saying like, I don't know what else I can say to you. You just can't love someone like right. I do. feel like this person either needs to change or hasn't changed. And it's just... I don't know. Right. It's a fantastic song. Right. I think it is genius. <laughs> You're so right. It feels like that the sourness is the end of the relationship too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. I think it's genius too. From start to finish, it's just like, whoa. Right. Yeah. When things don't work, man, anymore, like there at the end, like yeah. I just feel like it's so genius for it to be portrayed like in the actual delivery right. and the offbeatness of the Like it's kind the of piano falling apart his there. Voice. It's falling apart. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So the next song on the album is Lonely. It was written and produced by RM and P-Dog, and that's it. He wrote this song while at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas during the Permission to Dance concerts. No, just like, that's all you need to know about that's this song. That's all you need to know. You, you're to just know. like shaking your head like, over there. <laughs> like, why, what, why is this song titled Lonely? Oh, because of where he was at and what he was doing right then? Right, yeah. yeah. So for... The production of this song, it really sounds like a viral sensation radio hit in the best way. Totally. Which we weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting. From I wasn't. Movie. I thought this was going to be a Moonchild part two. Moonchild, yeah. right? It was, It really gave me like, this is mono, like lonely. Um, but it's poppy. And it has this like kind of tropical sound to oh, it. Yeah. And there's this plucking guitar that just speeds to strumming like during the choruses Mm -hmm. and there's a bass guitar throughout and this like very electronic melody or melodic instrument during during the chorus again like I just we could see it like going viral like on TikTok like being like a little sound clip that someone like puts over because I feel like it's so relatable in a way like I'm fucking lonely just kind of going back to just the setting of like where he was when he wrote this I think is very telling of just like his feelings on like especially since permission to dance and just like how the English songs drew out way past what they expected it to chapter two got drawn out way past what it was expected to do we were like why are they doing permission to dance in Las Vegas after they had done LA and like in Seoul and we're just like, why? Like right, we like, didn't get it. Here? And we were kind of like, let it die. Right. <laughs> like, why is it still going on? Going on. <laughs> and it seemed like he was feeling the same way too. Right. Like he's there. And I feel like throughout the lyrics of this song, like you really realize he did not want to be there. No. Like that. It sucks to realize that, you know, like as someone who was at the concert or someone who viewed it online, like to know, like he just really did not want to be there. I'm sure they enjoyed their time like with of army course. but i remember watching that concert like watching the live stream with you and being like he is off like mm-hmm. when he was like this is seriously the last this is seriously the last one you know mm-hmm. i'm like what is going on you know and just i like, mean we watched together i know yeah, and we really we both felt that yeah like, yeah but, he yeah. just 
So to know that this song was written over that weekend and over the course of being there is a little sad to realize. It is sad. And like he starts the song with saying, I'm fucking lonely, alone on this island, so fucking lonely, somebody call me. And it's like, on one hand, like if you think a little simply like, on tour, it's not like BTS are probably hanging out together when they're not actually like prepping for the mm-hmm. performance. Like they need that downtime. So that's going to be lonely. Like you're already alone throughout your daytime until it's ready to like go, you mm-hmm. know, sound check and everything. But at the, you know, at the same time, he's hoping for people to reach out to the him. Somebody call me. And he, he's not reaching out himself, but he's like needing. He needs somebody to care for him. Right. And, you know, he's so alone on this island yeah yeah I also feel just like even though he's traveling and for the concerts and for work and whatnot like he's separate from all of his friends and family I feel like it's no different from like if I were to go on a business trip I could be in Bali be amazing you know but also at the same time I would so desperately miss all my friends and family and you'd and be wishing home. that, like, and, and especially in that experience, that you could share that with them. Right. Yeah. Share it with them. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So in the first verse, he says, in a moment of eternity, it's neatly packed here. I hate this hotel room. I'm floating alone. This loud horn as wide as the narrowed room. I'm trapped in myself. He really feels like he's stuck in limbo. He sounds like he's miserable, truthfully. Um, He uses the word floating again here, which I feel like when he's traveling, when he's in front of like a huge audience, you know, like he was at Permission to Dance, like you're just at this ultimate high, you know, in this like energy that he can't describe. It's a very lonely place to be when you're just like so high up in the air Mm -hmm. and so detached from kind of just like your roots. Yeah. And just waiting. I mean, waiting, really yeah. just waiting. In the pre-chorus, he says, I tried a million times to let you go. So many memories are on the floor. Now I hate the cities. I don't belong. Just want to go back home. So like he's literally just saying how much he wants to be at home with his friends and his family and his comfort. The way I interpreted so many memories on the floor, especially knowing where he's at at the time of this, is like looking out over the crowd at a concert and seeing all of ARMY and, you know, representing, you know, the ARMY there representing all of his memories that he has every single concert you know throughout their career and their experiences they've had and you know he knows that he just can't let this life go because the draw to that you know like the draw to army and that appeal is like so much also I just feel like with this too he's like tried to move on his like move on in his career and grow in his career into chapter two for so long and again, I just feel like him saying, I tried a million times to let you go is like he's tried so hard to like move into this second phase, you know, into right. this chapter two. Right. And it's just been drawn out for so long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he just couldn't. In the second verse, he says, Obey, I got to tell you some. I got to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And he says, I hate everything. Ugh. And I... I have to be honest, how I interpreted this was he's talking directly to Army, like we're Bay. Yeah. And he's telling us it's heartbreaking to him, it's heartbreaking to us, but it's the truth. Right. He hates it here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's he's very lonely. And he's just being honest. He's being honest. Right. Yeah. He's still calling us Bay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. 
Like, he's still calling us big. He's just saying, like, right now this is hard for me. Yeah. And he goes on to say, like, rendezvous with the family every morning. To me, this came across as the family as BTS. Totally. You know, like, they're meeting up. They they got work to do, business to attend to. Um, and then he goes on to say after that, so many trivial thoughts are on the floor. And this, like, it's echoing the so many memories on the floor from the first chorus. But it made me think about, like, all of the worries that he has to consider. And he just has to let them go you know Mm -hmm. what he's worried about here he just has to let go and let it drop yeah yeah release it from his grasp definitely yeah and then he says i hate the buildings i don't even know i just want to go back home i feel that this is so interesting because i do think that there was a moment in his past where these buildings excited him these unfamiliar places were exciting to him but now he resents them because he has to be here and he's been here before. And you know, it's kind of like he's reliving the same thing over and over and it's just not as exciting. Right. And now he just resents these cities because he just misses being home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty simple in message of the song, but just getting the reality from him of like really how he felt in that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not how he feels all the time, no. you know, and but, of course he loves army and loves, right. you know, being with army at concerts, but like it's worn on him. Like right. he's done it for so long. He, he's got to take a break from it. Yeah. yeah. And he can't, he can't grow and thrive into his adulthood. And as an artist, doing this for the rest of his life doing the same things all the time too which i think is really what he's getting at here Mm -hmm. being trapped in that for sure so let's get into hectic and this is with cold this was written and produced by rmp dog and cold and really with the vibe there like the production reflects the title of the song yeah this is one of the busiest songs on the album and like for sure it works like it's a great song sonically but there's just a lot going on in the background music so that really drives that hectic feeling from the get-go um coming off of the other songs that are like almost chill at times or more like experimental this is like a little bit jarring when you first listen to it Mm -hmm. that first time through um there is some outer space style synths there's some electronic drums some saxophone and it really has like this like poppy beat to it like really dance party house music style of song here it does have a lot going on yeah like a lot of the instrumental is there's layers and layers and layers is what it sounds like but it's very poppy and it's like a dance party house music it's so a dance it's like it's like the post hectic day release dance music you know it's like what you want to put on at the end of a day when you need to dance it out right yes yeah yeah So at the very beginning, he says, yesterday was hectic. There was nothing romantic. If I can just find a reason to keep this endless chase in, yesterday was a hectic. There was nothing romantic. If I could only imagine just one another heaven. And to me, it's just like his day is so busy that he can't take a break to find anything enjoyable or romantic in his life. So like, I feel like with finding something romantic in your life would be something like something small that you can just cherish and hold. And that like his day is so busy that he can't like take a moment to enjoy himself or to like 
be grateful for the little things, you know, right. because everything is just go, go, go. And it also feels like he doesn't have motivation to even keep up with this very busy lifestyle. Like he's like the endless chase and I need to find a reason to keep chasing, right. but he doesn't have it. Totally. I mean, I am so on board with you. Like the romanticizing of one's life is like really like popular right now to like romanticize the small things. And it's really just fi- about finding like gratitude and joy and the, the little things, even like the menial tasks in life, like being able to make it seem fun or new or exciting and mm-hmm. something to look forward to. And so for him to not even be able to find like, one thing in yeah. his in this day in this hectic day that like brought him joy you know I think that's saying a lot that is saying a lot in the first verse he says feeling like I'm dying one more day Olympic Boulevard at night bold lights violent taxis I'm tired of it now this is just the hustle and bustle man like it's just such a busy lifestyle it's so it feels so meaningless and it's breaking him and he's just tired of it yeah And then he gets to the pre-chorus and he says, meet the people, 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 hate the reason, reason, reason. If Bornin is pain, how should we do this game? Keep on thinking, thinking, and I. And so in this, just like with the the repetition of people and reason, like people talking the same shit, reason that they all spit, again, it's like seeming like those annoying, like, businessy side of yes, the industry like, imagine things. how many meetings he has right. or like people who he talks to who are like talking about the same like like what they think needs to be done right. or, you know it's the same shit he hears over and over and it's just like right yeah trying to i mean trying to manage and control like so many different aspects of his life and bts's lives and like it's all what, driven by greed it's all driven by greed Ugh. and yeah i mean totally yeah. just trying to find every aspect that they can capitalize on oh, it must be um, sickening yeah i mean he of course <laughs> he's resentful of like especially like how should we do this game like clearly talking about the strategizing that goes along like the marketing mm-hmm. of their career and mm-hmm. how they are using bts as like chess pieces oh, in yeah. this big music industry game and he must just fucking hate that like he's a poet he's not here to strategize on how he can get one up on this other group or you know how he can make sure that they divide up their album yeah. sales in all of these different ways so that way they can like maximize sales on the charts right. or whatever this like is the dark side that must be just the worst success. thing to him oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that's what he's addressing here yes he is yes he is So in the second verse, this is when uh, cold comes into play. And it says, I don't even know where I'm going and attempt to write it down. I've been walking on this road in our past memories. The day I don't want to get lost anymore. Save me. Ooh, the line of save me. Save me. Oh, that crushes me, man. Stop. Feels like he's living in the past or like we've been saying it, like he's reliving the same thing over and over again. He feels stagnant and lost and he just doesn't want to anymore. It's like he feels helpless and breaking away from like this life that he's been living for the past 10 years. Like it, it almost feels like he feels like helpless and like he can't break away from it, but he knows that it's time to move on. He has to keep going forward and that he's never going to grow into anything more or be anything better if he continues to just do the same thing over and over and or be just, his past yeah, yeah repeat his past for sure for sure 
In the outro, this is both RM and Cold together, and they say, Yo, the hangover's over in this sensual city posture. Sad nocturne night for soul. We miss another day. Hey, what is this happiness? The little peace I've been longing for. So this beginning, it makes me think of Moonchild with the sad nocturne night and just finding refuge in the night when everything else is quiet and asleep. But it's also really illustrating how they've worked through an entire day here. Um, they're soaking in the evening of Seoul. And maybe even at night, the city starts to slow down a little bit. It's not as hectic as it was yeah. during the day. But throughout this, they're able to find some peace here in the evening it feels like like a, a happy ending to the hectic to the hectic yeah. yeah he says leave those whose hearts have faded the starry night we finally embroidered close your eyes as if you're dreaming hold your breath gently people dancing walking in a curve oh yeah flowing even if i can't hold on and the ending here is beautiful because it seems like he's able to romanticize the end of his day right. when the day is no longer busy. He's able to like watch the people walking down the street. It seems like they're dancing or walking in a curve and he can just like admire that and romanticize that and be grateful to see people happy and dancing on the street. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he has his most like profound thoughts about like the world and life when he's able to just take that time and step back and like have that observation of others be present mm -hmm. and have gratitude mm -hmm. um, and so it's amazing that like even he's seeing here at the end of this hectic day being able to have that time to have that gratitude yeah. and to watch Okay, so now we're getting into Wildflower, and this is with Cho Eugene. Yeah. This was written and produced by RM and Doc Skim. Doc Skim is the only producer. RM is the only lyricist. Yeah. And what I absolutely love about this is that Doc Skim shared that he was actually about to quit music, about to leave the industry, leave Hybe completely and no longer produce um, when Namjoon came to him with this song. He was very close to ending his career. And Namjoon asked him to produce on this, and Doc Skim had promised Namjoon that he would give his 200, 300, 1,000% for Namjoon and for this song. And through working on this song, it helped Doc Skim rediscover his passion for music. And like he refell in love with what he was doing because of working on this song. And Gosh. I feel like, like, his passion comes through so that's much insane. in the production here. Right. And that's coupled with, we're going to get into the lyrics of this song, like Namjoon's passion of the lyrics. And then Cho Eugene, who is on this song, she is this South Korean rock singer who had a massive career as the front woman in the alternative rock band, Cherry Filter. And her voice brings all of this passion and emotion that I feel like both Namjoon and Doc Skim felt while working on this song it's ex it's an explosive song oh yeah her vocals are explosive the production is explosive and the lyrics are just so telling and packed with explosive emotion yeah. like I hate to like be cheesy but with, it's like so the firework symbolism in it but it is very true <laughs> like I mean he like I said sometimes he really is literal in that way he and is. like in the way that her voice is explosive so is the lyrics of flower work and this is to me this is the most passionate and heartfelt and cathartic song. Like I feel 
all the catharsis of mono, the entire album wrapped up in this one song. Yeah. This one song provides that for me. Yeah. Um, I just think this is masterful production from top to bottom and that Eugene has such a powerful voice that she can just really project listening to it for the, for the first time reminded us of like Halsey and like Haley Williams. I was immediately brought to Haley Williams oh, yeah. Paramore. Like this is so that sound. And then to find out that she's like an alternative rock singer, it's like, <laughs> yes, I see that yes, so much. Yeah. Um, but I just, she also shared that she was worried she'd be too loud for the song just because of the, her vocal style is so loud and passionate mm -hmm. and Namjoon was like no this is perfect for the song again like this he is why knew what he, he was looking her for out. yeah right he sought her out and people are even like what is she doing right now like it's been a while you know uh -huh. but she needed to be in this yeah. yeah so let's get into it let's get into the lyrics yeah so in the intro Aram says flower field that's where I'm at open land that's where I'm at no name, that's what I have. No shame, I'm on my grave. When your feet don't touch the ground, when your own heart underestimates you, when your dreams devour you, when you feel you're not yourself, all those times. <sighs> so he really needs to be in this flower field. You know, I feel like the flower field, we had talked a little bit about this before going into recording, mm -hmm. that the flower field or being in open land, or being in nature, or walking, or being in a museum, his Namjoon activities, mm -hmm. those are, th that's like his magic shop. Yeah. That's his safe place. That's where he can ground himself. That's where he can be present. That's when he can have no name. You know, that's where he doesn't have to be RM of BTS. He doesn't have to be even Kim Namjoon. He can just have no, you know, pressure of anything. Right. And that that's where exists. he's at right now. And yeah. I and I'm happy to hear that. That's where his feet he needs to be in this place when his feet don't touch the ground, when he's floating too high, when he himself like the line of when your own heart underestimates you mm -hmm. hit me so hard because it's like you can think like, you know, I'm too in my head and that like you have these neg this negative self-talk and you doubt yourself in that way. But when you are doubting from your heart where your heart is supposed to be nothing but the truth right. to feel like your heart is underestimating you, like right. that is crushing. Right. That's crushing. Right. Um, where his dreams or your ambitions are devouring you that you start to like really lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Flower field, open land. That's where he has to be. Mm -hmm. The line that stood stood out to me from that is no shame I'm on my grave mm -hmm. because to me this whole album he's talked about how hard he's been working and how much he needs uh, to step away and I think that there's absolutely no shame in knowing that you need to do that and he's worked himself like he's literally working himself into his grave for how hard how much of himself he's given to this life you know and so being able giving himself being courageous enough to step back and to step away he should feel no shame in that despite yeah. everybody talking around him of what that's going to do or what that's going to mean or the ripple effect of that it's yeah. like he can have no shame in this decision he gave absolutely everything that he could before he came to this point of needing to step into the flower field right. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah. I that's totally what he's saying here. Yeah. He's literally on his grave. He has worked himself to death. Yeah, yeah, and he has no shame that he has to take this time to himself. Right. Despite what others are saying, yeah, right. he's not the fool. They are. Anyways. Yeah. In the first verse, he says, "I yearned for the flames. I yearned for a beautiful fall." 
And we feel like the flames that he's yearned for, like that's the hard work. Like he had a lot of passion and that's the effort and the drive and the passion that's propelled him all these years to this point to create BTS and make BTS what BTS is. Right. He yearned for it. He had it. And just like that, he also yearned for a beautiful fall. Fall is a time to be looking forward to something. Like I just feel like fall is a, a really blissful time for a lot of people and that you know, you, you yearn for it, you know, and he was seeking it and we can't blame him for that. You know, he was seeking that blissful happiness and gratefulness that comes with, with the fall. Yeah. Yeah. You were sharing with me that you felt like fall is a really romantic time too. Mm -hmm. And it's making me think of like the previous song, him wanting to romanticize parts of his life and the fall being that the fall being such like a time of rest after like the busy summer too, after the harvest, you're finally able to rest in the fall too. And, um, and also like it's cuffing season, you know, like the yeah. fall is when you like couple up with somebody for the winter. So that way you have someone to snuggle with. You have someone to spend the holidays and Valentine's Day with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's also what it made me think of like when we're thinking about this romantic time of fall. Blissful romantic time. Yeah. 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 yeah it's pure joy and happiness. For yeah. sure. He says, even before the start, I imagined an end where I could applaud and smile. That's what I wished for. And so like. He's just literally telling us that he always in his mind, I knew that there would be like a climax mm-hmm. or he wanted there, you know, not that he knew, but that in his mind, there is a climax to his career. There is an end, you know, and he had wished for that. And he wished for this moment because he wanted to be able to take a step back and appreciate what he had done. Yeah. And so this moment where he's standing in the flower field, this like break for them, I think is that moment for him. Yeah. Where he can look, he can look back and be like, job well done. Yeah. You know, for sure. And kind of move on from it. And too. move on from it. Yeah. Yeah. Not to continue to just keep climbing. Right. Yeah. When everything I believed in grew distant, when all his, when all this famed, turned into shackles oh it's just like okay what everything I believed in grew distant makes me feel like his core values like it makes me think of his core values of being a human being that like the fame has pulled him away from it the the pressure from everyone else and what everyone else has been telling him what he needs to do he's just like detached himself from like who he is to the core and that this fame that he's been brought into has turned into shackles. Like he can't, he's imprisoned, he's imprisoned in the role of RM of BTS and that he is struggling to be able to break away and to continue to grow because it's like he's locked into it. Right. I mean, also just with the fame, there's so many eyes on you. There's so much like red tape of what you can't do, what you can't say. Say, Like he has no freedom. He's feeling, he's expressing that he does not have that freedom. And earlier in this album, he's talking about like, you know, being silenced or not having a voice. And so that feels like the shackles to me too. Yeah. The red tape. The red tape for sure. And he says, please, please take away. Um, please take my desire away no matter what it takes. And it's like he wants to rid all of the greed to seek the truth. Yeah. Like it just takes me back to Yoon's quote mm-hmm. at the very beginning of like he has to the desire of more, to seek more, to like win more trophies or whatever. Like like it's it, he wants it all taken away from him. Right. Yeah. Because like, he if he's yearning for that, then he can't truly like 
shed all of it and be yeah. like his own self and experience that true humanness that he's so also yearning for and needing yeah yeah and he goes on to say oh let me be himself and i'm like god damn this man is still asking to be himself like still I'm asking who am i persona who am yeah. i like really untitled and i'm like really <laughs> reflection i just i just can't like i'm so in pain for him um, and he says every day and every night, persistent pain and the criminal mind and like the criminal minds, like, you know, all the thoughts of maybe wanting to like take a step back, like is criminal to, to make that choice here or even just parts of himself that are just deemed shameful that he, it's painful for him and he can't express, you know, to others. He says, nights, the beating of my heart kept me up. So it seems like anxiety, worry, stress. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like this part of the song is or like this part of the album. And this song is really when he's like seriously saying, like, I cannot continue on like this. Like right. it, I, it has to change, you know. So I could imagine like he's thinking about what could happen. The what ifs of if I take a break, if I take it you know a trail or a path that's different from this highway of a life I've been living like um, what's different here from the rest of the album is that in previous songs he was expressing like the need to do this mm -hmm. but he wasn't telling us why or right. filling us in on what he was really like how he really felt about that and that's yeah. coming out here you know like yeah that it, it's making me think of like he is up all the time insomnia stressed out like racing heart just unable to calm down and relax because of every you know all the responsibilities on his shoulders and like mm -hmm. that is no way to live like that's not sustainable it isn't it's not sustainable and you're right like this song what stands out about it from all the other songs is like first time listening through I texted you saying everything we've wanted to know that's going on in RM's mind I know it's said here yep. in this song like I don't need to know what the lyrics are saying in the in Korean right now to know that he is telling us everything we've been longing for and everything he knows he needs to tell us yeah and what he's been thinking so he says the morning crescent moon hung above or hung beyond the window I do wish me a lovely night like despite all that insomnia and his stress and his worries and like this is a terrible life to be living like he does deserve a lovely night yes. like he wishes that for himself and he hopes the best for himself and it, he just sounds so determined in this wish um right like in his delivery there yeah 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 like, I do wish being low. Like, it's so earnest, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of like, just because of the context of the song, it seems uncertain, I like, if he will get one, night. you know? Yeah. yeah. And he, I feel he's only going to get it by... Being in the, the flower field. Right. Yeah. At the end of this, this verse, he says, yo, where's your dream? And just this delivery here, like, the last couple lines before that, too, it made me think of persona. Where's your soul? Where's your dream? Do you think you're alive? And here he is, like, asking that question again, asking himself still. Yeah, back, no more dream. Right. And no more dream, too. I mean, just always deeply yeah. questioning who he is as a person and what yeah. he has to contribute to society. And I think, like, again, 
and he just needs that time to rediscover. Yeah. Yeah. In the chorus, when the chorus comes through with Eugene, she says, gonna scatter across that sky, light a flower, flower work. Gonna shine across that sky, light a flower, flower work. And so, like, flowers and blooming have shown up a couple times in this album so far, and we were really understanding that blooming as a representative, like, representative of growth, mm-hmm. um, of, you know, that new beginning, too. Um, and so this like concept pairing that idea with the idea of a firework and how a firework really bursts and explodes across the whole sky spreads out in every direction. It makes me think about how he just wants to be able to explode into this new, this new growth, this new beginning for him and spread himself into so many different areas and possibilities and opportunities like with this new bloom. Yeah, that's definitely what he's saying here. And I I feel that like, he he needs to blossom. He needs to continue to grow. And I, I love the symbolism of it being greater than just a flower, but like scattering into like a full firework, like right. exploding. Like they're really, the best really is yet to come. Right. I also just really want to quickly go back to, yo, where's your dream? Mm-hmm. Um, because I just had a thought of like, with change, everything that he talked about in change too, like we can have more than one dream. Right. You know, I, you know, he oh, had a so dream. True. He had a dream with BTS and he's achieved a lot and he's had, he's succeeded. It's okay for him to have another dream of, I want to live a normal life. Right. Now. I want to have a time to myself. I want to have time for me to grow and mature in myself. Right. That's his, I feel like that's his new dream. Right. Anyways, sorry. I, no, You're I allowed just, to have multiple dreams. I love the idea of asking that question as a idea of like, what's your new dream? Yo, where's your dream? Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be any of the ones that he already had. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, In his second verse, he's asking when the end is finally going to be. And he even says, when's this wretched mask finally going to fall off? Yeah, me no hero, me no villain. I'm barely anything. And again, he's just like, he's tired and he wants this to come to an end so he can be himself and no longer wear a mask or be told who he is and what he should be. And like to feel like he's wearing a mask all the time must be so exhausting and just painful for him to have to continue to fulfill this role even if he doesn't feel like it's who he is inside that would be exhausting wouldn't it to be wearing a mask all the time yeah like to never feel like you're truly being yourself Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I feel like he really desires what he's saying like yeah I'm no hero I'm no villain I'm barely anything like honestly it seems like he desires to be that to be nothing like he'd be happy if he was insignificant just for a little bit um, because the pressure and the fame is just all so consuming for the past 10 years. Right, totally. Like, like, I think he's content or, like, almost happy to have no name or be untitled. Right. Or to be barely anything. Like, he wants that now. Right. He says, now I can't remember what I wanted so badly. I trusted I was happy, now a mere memory. This makes me think of, like, back that he trusted his former self that what he was doing was making him happy and would lead to even more happiness with, you know, every step that he took. Um, but now, you know, with hindsight being twenty twenty, he's feeling like he can't remember why he wanted that so badly and he's just really not happy with where he's at right now. I just don't think he could have predicted that the cons of what, would come yeah there's no way yeah yeah or even like I don't think he was ever seeking the fame yeah he just wanted his voice to be heard right he wanted his art to be received he had something to say that was his dream right it became way more than he ever thought it would and I I just I really don't know if fame was his true desire or 
that wasn't his main goal was right. to be was the fame and the limelight. Right. It definitely wasn't. It doesn't seem like that. He even says, and here I am still speaking silence. And we've seen him speak at the UN and at the White House. And he's been encouraged to share his voice for society. But this is not a role that he asked for or that he expected. Like, again, another thing with the fame that was totally not on his radar and maybe not something that he wants, you know? Mm -hmm. And to him, like, he's speaking in silence because it's not speaking what he wants to say. Yeah, like, I really picture that, like, what the what he's supposed to say or what the company limits him to saying, you know, like society's for the loudest voices. And here I am, like one of the loudest voices, one of the biggest platforms, you know, I'm RM of BTS. And here I am still speaking silence, like right. still not really saying what he wants to say. Right. Totally. Yeah. And then he even says, like, he's speaking here to face all the prejudice and misunderstandings, which just makes me think of that his role as leader has like put him in the as the front man in interviews and to shoulder the majority of the criticism or the difficult questions over the years. Like that's been he who has had to deal with that and navigate that. Yeah. So then he says, I don't care much for being tossed into the air grounded on my own two feet amongst the flowers without names. I can't go to the stars again. I can't underfoot. I just go to a destination without a purpose, not even knowing my own sadness, even making friends with the shadows. I be gone. And to me, it's just like, he cannot tolerate this anymore. He cannot tolerate the fame. He like being tossed into the air, like that imagery of floating, flying high. It's almost like he's not even tossing himself there. It's like someone else is tossing him Oh yeah, he's not in control with that. He's not in control, yeah. yeah. But he wants to be grounded on his two feet and that he cannot continue to be high in the sky with the stars. Like he doesn't want to have, you know, a destination without, you know, a purpose. Like it's just he's being put in a place where he could befriend the shadows and he just doesn't want that. Right. And yeah, it, it, he just doesn't want this lush high life, the, this fame, the greed for success. He wants a simple life. It's, it's harming much more than it's helping him at all. Right. And, you know, it's just not something that is giving him fulfillment or happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just really hard the first time, like watching through the song, like the music video with the lyrics or reading through the lyrics and realizing all of this as he's sharing it with us, he's being so vulnerable here to be so honest and share that this is really how he, how this makes him feel. Yeah. And to to get that perspective and to know that this is really how he's feeling, like take all the time you need, you know, like Absolutely. do anything that you need to do forever. Like we just want you to be okay. We were talking about how it's just this decision was extremely courageous and brave for him. Like he was willing to risk everything he has made up to this point that he has, you know, him and BTS have succeeded in together that like potentially losing all of that which we know that he was never going to lose that but like he was willing to risk losing it all right um to live a simpler life because right. he knows that that's where the real truth lies and that that's where the world lies and where his values lie at this point and I just feel like it's just courageous and brave and I'm just happy for yeah. him that yeah. he's here yeah and that he's like in the flower field and knowing what he needs and choosing himself. Yeah. Knowing like he has to do this to save himself. And that is like the most courageous thing you can do is put everything else on hold, put everything else on the line, but knowing that you're choosing yourself 
to like to literally to survive to you survive know? and to save his art right and to save his art he has to be a human first which he knows his art like has this true beauty you know yeah. like it deserves to be saved it deserves to have more created yeah you know and so he has to grow he has to yeah. have that time yeah yeah in the the bridge He says that he paused and it turned out to be gloriously barefooted. Nothing was ever meant to be mine. And don't tell me like you got to be someone because I'll never be like like them. And so this to me, it's very much of in in this moment, he's had his slowdown. He is unwinding. And then nothing was ever meant to be mine. Seems like it comes across as very like peaceful, like happy, not like he's definitely accepting that whatever comes and goes with this decision is going to, and that he can only be himself and that he's so grateful that he's made this realization of doing this and stepping away from the fame at this conclusion before he's really, really cracked here. And then he goes on to say that his start was his poetry. My one and only strength and dream that protected me so far from boyhood to eternity, and then he says, I'll return someday. And so it's just that like that emphasis that no matter what he's going through or how badly he needs to step back from the fame, his poetry will always be a constant for him, and he will always create it from his boyhood to his eternity, and just because he needs to get it out and to share it with the world, he will return to do so. And that's very promising. And that's just what we have to remind ourselves, you know, like he's not going anywhere. Right. He just needs to take this time to be a human, to ground himself, to step back from the step back from the fame, get off the highway to slow down and live a stiller life so that he can continue to create, create art and to write poetry and to share it with us. Totally. I love this song. I love the honesty that he shared. I absolutely love the passion. I think it's my favorite one on the album, Mm -hmm. but there's like three of them that are like still life and change are very up there. So it's very hard to decide, but wildflower impacted me on such like a visceral emotional level that, um, I am just really grateful that he made this and put it out for us. Yeah, I am too. I feel like all of my questions around where Namjoon is at have been answered. And I just fully support him. I've and I understand his his reasoning yeah. for this. Yeah. And I just am so happy that he got to this conclusion. I think so too. And that he was brave to do what he knows he needed to do. Because we could we could have really lost Nam June, I feel yeah. like, you know, like his creative spirit, his art, I don't know, his mind. Like I just feel like he could have gotten to a really, really dark place of like no return yeah I mean like we saw him in that really dark place at Festa like seeing him speak was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. seeing like just really how lost he he felt was so hard just then and now knowing the full scope of it through Mm -hmm. these lyrics is even more so and I mean, I don't want to imagine a world without Kim Namjoon or without his art and what he has to contribute because I really, I truly value his insight. I truly value the lyrics that he shares is not just like a connection with the music and the vibe of it and how much I love to 
actually hear it, but he really shares some important things with us throughout all of his music. And like you said, Kim Namjoon is a sage. You He's know? a sage. He's a true artist. Yeah. He's a sage that can speak through his art. And I'm just so grateful for him. And I, it, and I think that him coming to this conclusion to answering his own questions and knowing what he needs and following through on it, I think is only something like a true, like sage and good person right. could, could do. Right. I'm so grateful that he got to this point mm-hmm. where he n- took action for what he needed to save him and his art. Same. So, I'm so proud of you. him. Uh, thank yes. you, Namjoon. Thank you, Namjoon. It's a gorgeous song. It's beautiful. It's powerful. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into number two. This is the last song on the album. Yeah. And this is with Park Ji Yoon. It was written and produced by RM and John Un. So Park Ji Yoon is a South Korean singer, actress, and model. Her debut studio album, Sky Blue Dream, was released in 1997. Her early career was under Taewon Entertainment with hit singles such as Sky Blue Dream, Steal Away, Precious Love. And she was associated with having a very charming and fresh image and I really love the idea of her having a fresh image mm-hmm. because I think it's what number two is really yeah. about is like a new fresh start for sure so for the vibe and production of this song it's a very soft piano it's a soft drum kit and there's a like a gorgeous sliding guitar it has a coffee shop poetic style to it yeah. and it's just very very pretty yeah it's really pretty and I love it coming after Wildflower here mm-hmm. um, especially with uh, Park Ji Yoon on it I think that she b- brings such a lovely warmness to the song like a comfort to mm-hmm. the to the song she actually starts the song by saying my love don't look back anymore after all those waves pass through even if countless things bother you you will protect yourself now My love, don't look back anymore. Behind the clearly mixed emotions, these remaining lives stay like a bonus. You've done your best. And so, like, this just feels to me very motherly and comforting towards him. Like, after he's made this decision to step away, it's like, it's okay. Like, you've worked hard. You've done your best. You deserve this. And it's like that pat on the back and soothing encouragement. And I also love the line of, you will protect yourself now. Like, he has been so self-sacrificing for so long. He just needs time to take care of himself. And Mm -hmm. this is almost like this motherly figure giving him permission to do that. Absolutely. And assure them that assuring him that this is the right decision right I also love the line of the lives like the remaining lives stay like a bonus Mm -hmm. to me it's like the the remaining lives of like BTS and the armies who continue to stay with him and the people who continue to support him in this decision right they're a bonus but ultimately he's doing this for himself you know if (sighs) if they decide to stay that's a bonus right I love that so much yeah yeah In the very first verse here, he says, my love, don't look back anymore. Which way to go? There'll be no regrets. So um, I also feel like it could be talking to Army here. And as much as he needs to not look back, so does Army. You know, we have to keep looking forward to the future for the individual members and for the group down the road. Right. You know, he says, yeah, you're not that special I won't cry at these words anymore. I smile that I ain't got nothing to prove. 
or I smile that I ain't gotta prove myself, that I ain't the one, that I ain't the shit, a child who is hungry for recognition. And oh man, this just really hits me that BTS have nothing to prove anymore. Like they have proven themselves, their abilities, their legacy. They will live on. I know that their music will live on. Like they have had such a massive impact on culture, music, art, like as musicians, they have had all the recognition they need. They don't need any more recognition. I always think about like where I'm like, oh, BTS need the Grammy, they need the Grammy. And Corey, who is like a very, lives a very simple life. My husband lives a very simple life. (laughs) You know, he loves like folk music. He goes on walks. He's like very naturey. And he's like, what what more do they need? Like they're above it all. They've had it all. They don't need anything else. They don't need any more accolades or anything. Like they, they've done it. Mm -hmm. What else is going to, you know, why do you need more? Right. It's easy to get wrapped up in the more, but when you're coming from the perspective of the simple life, the still life, Uh even, you know, like it's much easier to look at it of, we don't need that. Like we've already done it all. And I feel like Namjoon's at that point because he is, he was once a child, you know, he was once that you know, what's your dream? Like feeling like he had to prove to the industry that he's meant to be here. Like he can write lyrics. He has something to say. He can produce, he can do this, you know? Now he's like, yep, I have nothing left to prove. Right. Right. I don't have to prove myself anymore. He goes on to say right after that, uh, my balloon filled with myself explode after it had exploded. I knew it was empty inside. And so like, like I think about the balloon, like the floating again Mm -hmm. and how, you know, like that balloon could have been carrying him around his career, like floating around high up in the sky. And, you know, he's, this is just symbolic. He's no longer floating around. He's really grounded here. And, you know, there was, there was nothing in there, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was nothing that he really needed that was floating him around. Like all he has is with himself. Within him. Yeah. Yeah. All he needs. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, he says, don't look back no more. No looking back. You will protect yourself now. And he just can't regret this decision. And he can't regret what he's done. You know, he has to continue to look forward to slowing down, rediscovering himself, and the endless possibilities of the future. Right. And it sounds very hopeful. I think it sounds super hopeful it's like such a hopeful way to end the album and I think it's him showing that he's very happy with this decision that he's made to have taken that step back and he knows that it's going to be a a better future for him now Mm -hmm. yeah I absolutely love the ending to this album me too Um, I also think that the way that this song is the kind of the vibe of it you could easily go back and restart the album with Yoon and it just flows so well Mm -hmm. and I think that even though he represented different genres throughout this album and kind of like even different themes like we we started very like dense with the art themes wrapped up into his music and life and we got into a little bit of like relationshipy things relationship yeah a lot of career too and um, even though it wasn't like every single song had a specific flow from one to the next, it was still very cohesive and mm-hmm. worked so well together. Um, and I think that this is like a lovely piece of art that oh, yeah. he's provided here for the, the end of his 20s for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I'm so grateful for it. And just so much meaning in every song. And it it's really a diary 
of his 20s for sure. Like you really get to see what he's gone through. Yeah. And where he's at now and yeah. what he what he plans to do for the future. So yes. excited for him, happy for him. Mm. I'm relieved for him, yeah. honestly. Like so much. I feel like he's I, he's going to be at much more peace now. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love him. Love it. I think this might top the longest, longest album review. Like longest episode ever. I mean, if you are still with us, Iconics, yeah. after all of that, like, you are a real one. Thank you so much. <laughs> we, I mean, we have talked about this album for hours and hours and hours together and somehow Literally still hours. managed to record a two-hour episode on it. So, you know. And could still say more. And could still say more. <laughs> like, we really, we really cut some stuff out, you guys. But we... <laughs> Believe it or not, we did. We love this album from Kim Nam June so much. We're so appreciative and we hope that you enjoyed our album review on it and getting into all of the little nuances that these lyrics really provide. Yeah. Please share with us your feedback on this episode and on the album itself. You can always DM us on social media. Twitter and Instagram are great places to reach out to us. Standing BTS podcast on both of those. Of course, you can find links for all of those things as well as the Dropbox link to send us your audio message for the 200th episode. Yeah. Send us your questions. We want to know them we want to include them you can find links for all of those things in the description thanks for listening and thanks for standing bts